frazzled, frustrated, fed up. All words you might have used to describe yourself when it feels like you can't even complete a single sentence, let alone complete a thought or a story with your partner or friend. Why? Because your kiddo interrupts time and again. Imagine if your child was able to wait until you were done. That scatterbrained feeling and all the associated frustration would disappear. Nice, right? Let's take a look at how children learn to wait and why it's an important skill and concept. I'm Megan Iskander. And I'm Kate Mulliken. And this is Raising Reciprocity, where we believe raising children is a form of activism. Thank you so much for joining us on episode six. Today, we're going to be focusing on strategies to help your child learn to wait. And sometimes that can be hard to do, but it sure is nice when your child knows not to interrupt and how to get your attention when you're busy doing something else. And so it leads to easeful parenting. But additionally, we consider this another form of activism because if your child can learn to wait, then that means that they're also learning to observe what is happening around them to see when it's their turn and when it's appropriate to step in or to step back. And we all need to learn how to do both. So when you're able to observe what's happening around you, then you can see what other people's needs are. And that doesn't mean that you're not gonna advocate for your own needs, but maybe it's not going to be like this immediate gratification. You don't need what you need right this very second. You can wait until the other person's needs are met too and then assess when it's appropriate for you to advocate for your own needs. So that is also an important skill that we're going to need as we move forward to a more equitable society. So to get started, I think we're gonna talk about our classrooms first, maybe. Yeah, let's talk about how we use grace and courtesy lessons in the classroom, which I know you do in the primary setting. So why don't you give us some examples? So yes, in the primary, we serve children ages three to six. So typically there's two adults and 20 children. So as you can imagine, it would be impossible for the two adults to meet all 20 children at all times. And we really want to be fostering independence. So the longer that the children need to wait, the more likely they are to find out how to do it themselves or to find a peer who can help them. So those are all other skills that are being fostered. In our environment, we have what's called the red chairs. It could be a waiting chair or the adult chair or however you want to call them. We'd call them the red chair because they're red in in our classroom. But basically the child knows that if you're not sitting in your chair, then that means that you're helping someone else and that you're not available. And so if they want your help, then they would wait for you at the red chair. So this works very well because we can teach them, we can say, okay, if you need my help, you can come to my chair. If you come to my chair and I'm not there, that means I'm helping someone else. So you can just wait at my chair. And as soon as I'm done, I'm gonna go right back to my chair and you're the first person I'm going to help next. So the thing about this is that you have to be consistent. Whatever system you set up, 
if you tell the child, if you do this, then I will do this, then you have to do it <laughs> or they're not going to believe you and they're going to do what they're going to come and interrupt you because they're like, oh, well, actually, if I just come and interrupt you, that's how I get your help. So if I say, wait for me at the red chair, then as soon as I'm done, I'm going to go to the red chair. Even if another child is coming up to me and saying, oh, can you help me with this real quick? Nope, I can't. I'm not available. I'm going to go help the person in the red chair. If you need my help, you can wait for me at the red chair. So that's kind of how we do it in the classroom. I've also had it where they just put their hand on my shoulder um, and I will put my hand on their hand to show them that I know that they're there, um, but that I'm busy. And then as soon as I'm done doing whatever, I'm like, finish the conversation that I'm having, then I will stop and then adjust my, the child that's needing my help. And I did that at home too. Like we would do a little, like my child would like squeeze my hand, it's like kind of saying like, Hey, I need you. And I would squeeze it back saying, Hey, okay, I hear you, but I'm not done yet. And then as soon as I was done, then I would give them my attention. So that's some things that I do in the primary. How about you at the nest? So at the nest where the children are, um, roughly one and a half to three years old. Uh, we teach the American sign language sign for weight. So um, put your hand in front of your face. You know, you're looking at your palm, your hand is up, you're looking at your palm and you wave your fingers. And that sign weight, when they're that young, we're teaching them with the spoken word weight. And over time, the idea is that a child can get to learn that with just that signal, they then know what it means to wait. But with those real little ones, you know, we're telling them wait. And then we're also really painting the picture with our words. Did, you know, something to the effect of, did you notice how when I was speaking to so-and-so, I was looking at their face, I was looking at their eyes, you saw us directing our conversation to one another. When you see that, that means I'm not available right now. You know, and then also lots of reassuring. I know that you need me. I'll get to you as soon as I can. It's better if I can say, I'll get to you when and name the thing that's going to end so that they can watch for it. I also wanted to say that in our classroom settings where we're outnumbered as the adults with children, really have to have these strategies to survive through the day where it would be really frazzling. If you are in a household where the adults outnumber the children, it can be really tempting to just take care of their needs quickly so that you don't hear the whining or you don't start to, you know, teeter towards the meltdown. But what I would like to challenge folks listening is that that is your scenario. Look for little moments where you can, in fact, have your child wait, help build that skill through practicing with you. It might be a situation where they truly have to wait, like, oh, you're in the middle of doing some dishes. You're going to have to wait. My hands are wet after I dry them, right? But even if you can predict what they want, but you are still in the middle of a conversation with your partner, have your child wait. Use the sign language sign or the touch or pause your conversation, look at them and say, this is a turn you get to practice waiting and give them the cue that they're going to look for to know that this is when you're going to wrap it up and then turn your attention to them. When you mentioned about the 
the chair being used in your classroom, I wondered if there were any other strategies where you used a location within the home as a signal. Have you ever done that in your home? Not at my house, but during the pandemic when, you know, a lot of parents were like, how do I have these Zoom calls? And then my child is coming in and needing things. And so I worked with several families to set up that kind of like, if you come into the office and I am on the computer, then you can wait and then like either have like a chair or a bench or like some kind of stool or whatever they have, but just like picking a location. Um, so again, it's like having the cue of like, when you see this, then you can do this. And that really empowers the child too, even though they're not having the immediate gratification of like getting what they want right at that very second, they do actually know what to do. And that feels empowering. Like, okay, I see my mom is on a call. I can wait in the stool until, or on the stool until she's done. And then she's going to come and talk to me straight away. She's not going to get on another Zoom call and then leave me sitting here for a long time because then I will learn just to go and interrupt, right? I think that some families had some real success with that. Okay. I'm also really thinking about when you're out in public spaces, how unspoken cues between the adult and child, whether it's the sign or the hand squeeze like you were talking about, can be so helpful. So imagine, you know, the world's opened up even more and you're back in a restaurant or you're in a public space where there's a speaker or what have you. And how lovely it is that the child can signal you, hey, there's something up. And yeah, having some non-spoken cues. So, so families might want to think on that because, you know, if the child's interrupting while grandma and grandpa are putting in their order at the restaurant or something, and you're trying to teach manners, like how lovely that you could just give a signal across the table and they start to learn the, the big picture, right? That the spotlight is not on them all the time, <laughs> everywhere, every day, right? Um, That's really important. Yeah. yeah. And so let's remember too, then that there's no reason to bribe or set up any kind of reward system for when a child does a good job waiting because the reward is your attention, right? And that coming to trust that you're going to get to them as quickly as you can. Having youngsters who really do learn to wait and not interrupt, it can be such, <laughs> such a pleasant thing because your, your brains can stay focused and then you really truly are available and more present for them when you're ready to give your attention towards them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a short and sweet one for you today, people. Like, let's just work on this grace and courtesy of learning to wait together. And we're on our way to a more peaceful world, aren't we? On social media, feel free to share what's working for you. On our page, we'll put up a link so that you can look up that sign if you're interested in learning that. And we hope this strategy will lead to some more easeful parenting in your home. It's time for you to hit the subscribe button, and we want to thank you for listening. See you, Dan.